episode of the Ever Black Podcast is brought to you by Death Wish Hot Rods and Customs. Check out their Instagram for all their new t-shirts, caps, beanies, cups, and the all-new Atomic Death lineup. Cam, thanks for joining us on the show, though. It's cool you could uh, hang out, as I said, on a Monday night, rainy Monday night. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you played... Well, every, every night's been go this weekend. This is this is three nights in a row for me. Saturday night was our launch yeah. at the Gasso, and that was pretty full on. And then uh, last night was uh, Kiss. Uh, yeah. how, how was that? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's rewind that a little bit. Well, let's start at Kiss, because I've got... I've got... <laughs> How how was uh how was Kiss was that was it good? It was phenomenal. I mean, yeah. I, I I saw Kiss way back in 1981, whenever they were here at uh, VFL Park, and uh, they were tiny little specks because you know I was up in the grandstands and yeah. they were in the middle of the the football field. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I've seen them a few times uh, since, but. Man, I've never experienced. I, I think the the best Kiss show I'd had was uh, when they did a um, they did a gig at the Palais here, and um, didn't have any pyro, didn't have any anything, wow. and they were just playing songs that they hadn't played before. They were messing up songs. They were stopping in the middle. They were talking to the crowd. It's fantastic show, uh, but I'd never had a real chance to see the full spectacle, and uh, so I treated myself. We got general admission right up the front. We were. Like you felt like you could reach out and touch it was that close. And the heat from the, the pyro was just like singeing the hairs off your face. <laughs> so <laughs> I I was just I was reverted back to a 12-year-old kid and it was just just magical for me. I was just bouncing up and down like a fool. <laughs> that's all part of it. That's for two that's hours. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know how they do it, man. Two hours. Jesus. I, I mean, those man. dudes are old. <laughs> that's it that's it but you know i've never seen kiss and they're playing on the gold coast here uh next well they're time. playing up there with tumbleweed and wolf mother i mean that's mm. i mean what a show you know yeah yeah it's gonna be awesome and and the, yeah. chat, the chats are no no the chats are doing guns and roses um yeah it's crazy man it is crazy i think i'm gonna have to go see him i'm gonna have to do it you know one of those things where it's do like it. if i don't I'm gonna be. You regret it forever. I did that with yeah. um, um, Heaven and Hell when they came out. Oh, me right? too. Me too. And then yeah. Dio was was gone uh, next year, or the year after, or something yep. like that. Very soon after they toured here. So, you know, uh, Dio's my hero. I, I, you know, and I missed out on it. I, yeah, I can't even remember why I didn't go, but uh, it was probably some logistical reason. But um, mm. yeah, kicking myself forever. So yeah. I'm like that. Shell out, the dollars. Shell out the dollars. Go to the gig. I mean, if you hate it, you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I was the same with obviously Heaven and Hell, but Motorhead. When Motorhead played uh the Gold Coast, I was working in a call center. I hadn't worked that night. And someone called me up and they were like, Bro, I have a spare ticket to Motorhead. Can you get your RC now? I was like, oh, <laughs> work. Man, looking back at that now and how much I hated that job. I should have just gone. You should have so gone. Realize, I got the grumbles. I'm off to <laughs> go home and then go <laughs> out with Lemmy, you know, not knowing that it was going to be like the last 
you know. Exactly. Exactly. Wait, again, another time where I was kicking myself. I look, look the, when they came around, I think ticket prices were generally like 60 bucks for an international band. Yeah. Getting up to 80 bucks was really expensive for like yeah, a I big name that. band. They came in with tickets at 110. And, yeah. it, you know, it was like, really? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I just, I just I refused to go. Yeah. And then whoop, they're gone. But, you know, I, it's interesting. Like, um, we have a we have a song on um, the album Blood Moon Blues. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> name checks. Uh, we're gonna get to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna get to it. Yeah, uh, you know, um, there's a there's a track called uh, Deep in the Hole, which name checks a couple of couple of friends of mine that passed away. Yeah. Raul was one of them. Now Raul played in a, a band that I was in be- before Mother Slug, and um, he was a guitarist. And he came from Venezuela. He played in a band called Ex Vicio. Now they supported Motorhead. Oh, and uh, they they got stiffed. They never got paid. So you know, Motorhead, man, whatever. <laughs> Great band. I'll listen to the I'll listen to the records. But you know what? I don't know, man. If you're charging hundred bucks and you can't pay your support band, yeah, that you know, that's a that's a rabbit hole. Like you go right down. But <laughs> let's let's actually go forward. No, back in time a day. Where you did <laughs> sunburn, sunburn light? Was it yeah. Friday? Friday. Yeah, no, Friday and Saturday. We played the Saturday. Friday night was uh, religious observers, White Horse. I cannot remember the other bands, um, but um, so yeah, that was on the Friday night. Saturday night continued on, and um, yeah, there was um, a bunch of bands played. We played Potion and um, Doctor Colossus Ooh. and uh, Smoke Witch, and yeah, it was, it was a great lineup. Great lineup, great night. Um, yeah, good times. It was Man. good times. Man, and what a way to launch it. Segway. Uh, what a way to launch this new album, <laughs> Flood Moon Blues. Uh, see, I'm even struggling tonight to even talk. But uh, like, uh, you're not the first person to struggle over that title, Blood Moon Blues. Blood I Moon kind Blues. of pick it up and just go, yeah, Blood Moon Blues, Blood Moon Blues. But it's everyone's just stumbling over. It's a tongue twister, and I didn't even realize it's probably not a great name for an album if you can't pronounce it. Sick huh? name for an album. Man, it is an incredible name for an album. I really, really. <laughs> because the thing is, the album, it, it's it's a one hell of a journey, man. It's filled with all kinds of ups and downs and twists and turns. It's just a real trip. You know, three records in, you know, does, how's it feel to have this thing out and celebrate it at, at Sunburn over the weekend and play the new? Oh, tune? just just having it out. I mean, it's you know, yeah, it's it's it was like a medical procedure having that thing extracted from us. It was a long, drawn out process. I mean, it, it, on the other side of it, I and mean, it was all fun. It was all good times. I mean, the recording was great. We did that two days at Newmarket Studio. Um, it was fantastic. We had Matt Dawkins producing for us, uh, assistant engineer Mike Tudorowski in there. Everything went so smoothly. It was fantastic. And that gave us the chance to just bang out a few extra songs, which is why we got 12 tracks on there. I mean, exact, deep in the hole. It wasn't supposed to be on the album. We just we just recorded it in between, you know, waiting for stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second last track, uh, the penultimate track, You, a love song, was uh, also one of those songs that we just recorded in between doing other stuff uh, on the day. And, um, you know, we heard the results of that. And we said, oh, this has got to go on the album. 
you know, so it wasn't supposed to be a 12 track album, but um, yeah, we stuffed a few of those extra ones on there that we just kind of, we just did for fun on the day because we were all there and we we're all mic'd up and ready to go. Um, but uh, the whole process started a couple of years before that, mm. just before the pandemic hit. We were, I mean, it's the worst timing for us because uh, February we played a gig at Last Chance, uh, a great uh, bar here in, um, a great venue here in Melbourne. And uh, it was a crack of a show. We were all fired up. We were all rehearsed and ready to go into the studio. And literally, like a couple of weeks later, pandemic and lockdown and holy shit, what's going on? And uh, it was months. You know, I mean, like Melbourne was the most locked down city throughout the pandemic. And yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. big stretches of, you know, months where we we couldn't see, we, we couldn't rehearse because we couldn't go, you know, you couldn't congregate it more than five people at once or anything, you know. Um, so rehearsal rooms were closed. Um, you couldn't even go around to other people's places. So it, it delayed the recording by about a year. And then they, when we finally got in and did the recording, uh, we locked down again. Uh, so doing the overdubs, uh, we, we chose to do them at Matt Dawkins' home studio. But even going over there, it was like you couldn't travel to other people's houses. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it was just a really, really long and drawn out process. It did give us time to kind of, consider stuff and think about oh you know maybe we should whatever but i mean at the end of the day i mean the tracks were recorded it was just kind of the production and the and the the mixing stuff um that uh you know was a very you know drawn out process but um i know i can't complain because man you know the the end result i keep banging the desk here i hope there's some coming through yeah Um, that's right Yeah, um, yeah. you know, by the end of the day, I mean, I think uh, who knows if we would have done anything different in, yeah. the, in the or if the product would have come out different uh, if there was no pandemic and we'd just gone straight into the studio and released it. I know we probably wouldn't have those extra tracks on there. Um, you know, we would have been a different thing altogether. So I don't know, bittersweet, but I, I think we're just so happy that it's out there now and that it was after all of that kind of build up and build up and build up that we can actually share it with everyone. And, uh, you know, the response has just been, just been epic. You know, so many people coming back with like, Oh, this is amazing. And all this stuff. It so is. it's made us really, yeah. made us really happy. Yeah. It's a really good fucking album. As I was saying, and I've got to say, you know, it's got, it's got the riffage, but it's also got like the mellow and acoustic stuff as well. So when, mm. when it comes back in with the heavy stuff, it's like, it's yeah. it. It's an incredible dude. Like it's such a yeah, yeah you know, what what inspired this game? Well, yeah, no, it was to address that question, it was uh, I think a lot of it has to do with Regan because um, you know, his first recording with us was was Electric Dunes. And we had a couple of tracks on there, like Serpents, where we have that nice mellow intro, and even um Cave of the Last Guy, the last track on there's got this kind of crushingly heavy, and then it goes into yeah, this yeah, nice yeah, little yeah. bit and and sort of back in. Um and I think we just thought they worked really well. So we did more of that sort of stuff, you know, um, that kind of mellow intro into into the heavy. And then also the, just the, the bookend pieces, which are kind of acoustic um, uh, tracks there, um, you know, purely due to, to Regan being in the band. I mean, I think we would have tried something like that with, uh, with you, know, you know, what we were before, mm. for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I think a natural progression, I think we wouldn't really change direction very much. I mean, there are a couple of pretty old songs on there that just, like, you wouldn't know just because we've kind of, 
they kind of fit that form. It's almost a formula. It's, it's, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. it's not really a formula, but you know, it, when you, when you listen to a song, we listen to a mother slug song, you're kind of like, ah, it's a mother slug song, you know? And um, it's got a vibe about it. It's got a feeling as sort of, you know, it's mother slug, even though it can be like push the venom, which is a super fast, almost like punk song versus um, kiddo misery, which is an acoustic kind of uh, country ballad type. Yeah. Of, yeah, type yeah. Of deal. So yeah. Yeah. Lots of, lots of range, but I think we just got that kind of thread running through it. It's always got that mother slug stamp on it. You know? and- I think also the guitar tone is, I, I don't know. It's, it's got that signature sound, but it's something about it seems a little different this time too. Maybe a little bit more. Defined. Absolutely. No, absolutely. It's well, well spotted, man. Cause um, you know, we, we struggled with that, the, the, on electric tunes and um, we tracked that out at a place called beverage road and mm. we ended up retracking a lot of the stuff Um at uh, a place called Black Lodge, which used to be all the old three-phase uh, rehearsal studios. And, um, yeah, we we kind of had a lot of technical difficulties with that album. And I think it suffered uh, at the end of the day. We had um, uh, John Bartel doing the, the mix and um, he did an absolutely fantastic job, but I think just technically it was kind of hampered by, you know, the tracking, the bits, bits and pieces kind of come together. You wouldn't know to listen to the album, but we, if you compare it, if you A-B it between this one and the last the last one, like this one just is just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah, yeah. <laughs> just launched it into space basically <laughs> when you compare them. <laughs> There's little bits in there. I can't remember what song was. I was, I was mowing the lawn when I was listening to it, funny enough. And uh, it was good for mowing the lawn too, driving, mowing the lawn, all kinds of stuff. It was cool. Some, some tracks are good for driving down the freeway. Some tracks are good for mowing the mowing lawn. Mowing the lawn because that's when, you know, that's when I can concentrate. You know what I mean? i got the, yeah. the noise cancelling, so I can't hear the mm. thing except, you know, me pushing this thing. But, um, man, i got to say, like, yeah, the guitar tone, there's bits and pieces where it sounds like, like an, oh, I don't know, like an old organ I guess I don't know, man. Well, we do have a well. There is a Mellotron in there, so yeah, um, maybe that's probably not that not. that you're referring to. But yeah, yeah. look, um, Regan is a guitar wizard. I mean, he's he's, he's all about the tone. He's all about yeah. the the craft, um, you know, and he's just an amazingly skilled player as well. But um, you know, it's all about the tone. He's said <laughs> when he joined the band, uh, he basically. Um, you know, you have people come up to you after the show and they're like, oh, great show, man, and all that kind of stuff. And he would just have just a queue of, of dudes. So like, tone, tone. Tone. <laughs> Love your bro. tone, man. Yeah, you know, it's just, yeah, because he's, you know, he works on it so uh, meticulously that I think uh, it, it's great to see it appreciated, you know, and um, and, and realised and appreciated, you know. So yeah, 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 being yeah. able to realise that tone on the album and it does have this amazing depth to it, uh, you know. Um, I feel like you can almost walk into the mix on the album. Yeah, it's, it's so kind of spacious without kind of, without sounding separate. It's not like, the, oh, the bass is over there and this is over here. No, it's just got this volume and... And I guess that's up to, to Matt Dawkins as well, because he's another wizard that, uh, you know, we were just super stoked to have on board and produce the album and, and do the mix and, you know, put so much extra time in, way more than we could pay him to, to actually do. Um, 
you know, to, to lift it to that quality level. So amazing stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh and my it, God. I think I lost you. You're yeah, frozen. Yeah. Yeah. You're frozen. There you still go. there? Yeah. I'm here. Um, <laughs> the connection is unstable, mate. It's Monday night. Of course, it's I'm unstable, mate. I haven't gotten through the week. Um, but <laughs> to, am I motion? I am motionless. Okay, so yeah, I was going <laughs> to ask you about you know obviously the title and uh, the cover. When I mm. when I hear the title, it sounds you know doomy, dark, and then you got the cover, which is like. The pony or the horse eating, the car, <laughs> which I love, which I love. But I mean, what's the what's the story there? What's the <laughs> what's going on, man? Why are you? Yeah, what, yeah, I need to get in there, man. I need to know what's going on. Well, we had a we did have a few um, titles kicking around for the longest time. That um, I guess I just placeholder. Then we didn't really, you know, we didn't really end up being on a desk again. We didn't really. Uh, nail anything that we were super happy with and um i don't know where i I came up with blood moon blues and was just like oh wow that's so cool that sounds really great you know and it kind of had a little bit of meaning to me because over the two previous blood moons bad shit's been happening in my life that's kind of the omens that's supposed to happen or whatever, but, you know, yeah. everyone has bad shit happening. It coincides or not, whatever. But I thought, you know, yeah, all right, let's play on that. Let's play on that. And uh, Blood Moon Blues. And it didn't kind of click to me until afterwards that it's literally just Blues for the Red Sun would be Blood Sun Blues. And this is Blood Moon Blues or Blues for the Blood Moon. So it was like, ah. <laughs> oh, not really that original, then, is it? <laughs> anyway, but we we freaking love the title, so that's super cool. But the the photography, I think, um, we for a start we decided that we would actually go with photography rather than uh, graphic art, um, which we're all enamored with the graphic art style uh, when we started out, and we had lots of cool graphics, and we'd all find we'd find um, you know artists that we'd really really admire, yeah, yeah, yeah. get them to do t-shirts for us and um, or posters or whatever, you know. Um, but uh, over the years, I think it just became uh, almost a cliche. It's very, you know, I mean, the artwork is still great, but it's just like every band has got amazing artwork and you kind of can't really differentiate yourself if you just go with with that kind of style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So we thought photography is going to set us apart there and then just a a matter of looking for what sort of – what sort of imagery we wanted to have on there. I was looking through um, Jason Vassallo's um, uh, folio work and he, he kind of just travels around like regional, rural Victoria and um, takes photos of like old falling down farmhouses and lonely trees on hills. And um, for the longest time we had this black and white photo of this cow on a hill with one tree on it and it was like miles away and uh, it, it was just desolate, you know. Mm. <laughs> it was like... Yeah, that, that's, that kind of sits. That sits really well. But, uh, again, it was that thing of, like, well, it's a really great image, but it, it, if we put that on an album cover, for for start, it was black and white. It was, like, how many black and white albums do you actually own? Like, how many albums do have a black and white cover? It's, I couldn't find any. I probably got two or three in my my whole collection. And um, I was, like, all right, well, probably, probably need to go with colour. And then just looking through, and that horse image popped up, and it was, like, 
All right. Yeah. That really yeah, just took yeah, my yeah, attention yeah. just straight yeah. away. And it was like, oh, yeah, maybe we can use this. And it put it to the rest of the band. And they were like, yeah, no, that's really cool. You know, I mean, it's a great, it's a great image. And it's just such a hairy, dreadlocky horse. <laughs> you know, he's, he's such a, yeah, he's, he's such a stoner doom horse. He's like, the yeah. <laughs> horse exactly. Dude. But it's, it's, it reminds me of like, you know, it's like that old 90s sort of, imagery where it's like the bands like uh you know so there's a couple of albums that yeah. the, the, the tweet to me was like pearl jam's got the goat or shit yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah yeah on it. and then uh probably closer to to you know pete fans of ours um is the um is adam hart mother pink floyd oh it's yes yeah, yeah yes of course yeah so i love that so song. it's like oh yeah no that actually kind of fits really well you know are you gonna have one shirt? Uh, they're on the way. <laughs> the they're on the way with the vinyl, with the CDs, yeah. with, uh, with everything else. Nothing's it. So basically, yeah, we play the launch with nothing to launch. Uh, <laughs> we launched everything digitally, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's out there for people to listen to and stuff. But uh, we didn't didn't have any product to sell basically on the on the Saturday night. So it was just uh, just a matter of um, you know watching us play basically. But hey, man! Like, I, it's that time. It's it's hard. It is hard at the moment to get stuff. Like, did you find like, the you shipping's know, insane? So it's yeah, everything takes longer, and there's you know delays and la di da. I mean, we put in uh, an order for the vinyl like way ahead of time, and we kind of got we got a bit messed around. So we we had to go with a different supplier, and um, you know, even looking at their stuff, we're like, oh, you know, we got four months. No, it'd be fine. We'll still get it here in time. And uh, no, actually speaking to a human at the at the you know the the, the place uh, the supplier, they basically said no, no, no. It's it's like twenty three weeks or something rather. So it's like six months. It's like a six month wait for vinyl. Uh, so it should arrive. Um, we we actually got the test pressing last week. Yeah, nice. And uh, had, a, had a bit of bit of a listen, and uh, it's all good. So thumbs up for that. And it's about six weeks on a slow boat from wherever the hell they're pressing them to to us, and. Um, and uh, they're following that. There's going to be because um, I mean, this, the other thing is, all right. So we get vinyl here. Cool. We've got vinyl in Australia. And uh, how much does that cost to ship it overseas? Mm. A small fortune, you know. Um, so we've actually got a label over in the US, No Slip Records, who's doing a, a vinyl release for the US. Um, so we hope to just be shipping around Australia for the ones that are arriving here, and then. I think that I think the US ones probably won't arrive until December, um, but you know at least they, you know they don't have to pay through the nose. They're also just the prices in here in Australia for vinyl are insane, like 60, 70 bucks for an album. It's so, true. It's it insane, true. isn't it? Yeah, Crazy. I did buy something the other day and I had to stop myself and I, I was so sad. It was like, <laughs> man, it hurts, eh? Because I, I, I've, I've only, I'm a recent vinyl dude. You know, I got a player for my 40th last year and I've just been vinyl mad. And, mm. uh, man, it hurts. <laughs> like, here, yeah, you know. It does. I mean, most most of my vinyl that I own is like all in the bookshelf behind me there. It's all, I'd say, like 90% of it's secondhand. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's all like from op shops or, you know, secondhand vinyl stores or, or whatever. So I'm rarely buying brand new vinyl, but those prices were just over the top. They're just insane, and it's just like what, like Fleetwood Mac album or something, or anything. Like, what the? 
I'm just gonna pay seventy bucks for that, man. Yeah, I know. I do. Well, hey, man, I know. I, I've I've fallen down that rabbit hole. I went to get there. Was it? Was it the first garbage album? Like one of my favorite mm. albums. And I, I was like, I picked it up and I've been looking for it. And then I was like, I put it back down. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, like, you know, I just had to adult. <laughs> just walk away. Now I'm kicking myself. But, you know, it's just the way it is at the moment. But, yeah. you know, getting vinyl in and, and everything like that. But this is an album well, that I definitely might, get. Yours. You might have uh, some insider information being up uh, on the Gold Coast is there's a new record plant uh, just opened up in Brisbane apparently. Yeah, man, heaps of people are talking about it. Um, mm. I, the name slips me. I, I don't. Know yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember, I, I can't remember what it is, but a good no. friend of mine um, messaged me about it today and said, uh, "Hey, when you guys want to do your vinyl, you know, you should hit these dudes up." So that's mm. that's cool. We need more of that stuff. I mean, I'd yeah, like absolutely. to do a bit of plan myself, absolutely. but, you know, I don't, I, I can barely make toast in the morning, let alone vinyl. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. We'll see how we go. But I, I want to get your, I want to get this album. I want to get, you know, Blood Moon Blues, see a set of yeah. on vinyl, because I think it's mm. perfect for it. It is. Um, well, unfortunately, like, as we're talking, it's like 12 track album. There's lots of music on there. I think it's mm. just a little over an hour or a bit over an hour. Um, way over now i don't know it there's a lot of music on there anyway we couldn't obviously fit it all on uh vinyl uh it was too short for a double way too long for a single so we actually had to cull some tracks oh so wow. I, okay. I, I think it's um I, I think you know the choice that we've made for which songs made the cut on the vinyl are uh you know highly appropriate and it's a great listen i mean it really it still really flows really well. It still has that little roller coaster yeah, yeah. ride of you know the ups and downs and stuff. But yeah, it just doesn't go for for an hour because you you're limited to like twenty minutes aside, you know, preferably eighteen, you know. But um, yeah, I think we were pushing twenty to twenty one minutes because you know it's a bit, bit lengthy. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know that's that's the way. Yeah, lots of people looking for the vinyl, f- looking forward to the vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to the vinyl. I think it'd be awesome just to get some. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be one of those people. But um, hey, your debut gig was, I believe, was it 29th February 2012, the Cherry Bar. Mm. So that's you know, ten, just a little over ten years ago. Did you guys yeah. c- celebrate that as a milestone or anything like that? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> hey, all right, that was just like. Man. <laughs> Yeah, look, I think um, what I noticed, like, there's another band, uh, King Parrot, who's celebrating their 10th anniversary. They're pretty Who's much that? Start up. King Parrot? You know King Parrot. Oh. What? No, <laughs> just here. Yeah, yeah. No, no, King Parrot. Also, Australian staple, man. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they, they start around the same time as us, and uh, I noticed they're doing, like, 10th anniversary gigs and stuff going on yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, the last year or so has just been such chaos in terms of like gigs and promotion and that kind of stuff that we've just, you know, hit and miss even like for, for the launch. Um, so the, I mean, that gig that, that we played at Saturday it was 18 months since we played the gig oh, wow. before. 
do. So it was July, June, June or July uh, in 2020. Man. So we had a gig lined up in 2021 and uh, we got COVID. And the week before the gig, pull out, got Mammoth's Throne to fill in. And, uh, you know, even, even this time around, a um, couple of us got COVID. And it was a real touch and go whether we were going to be clear to to get in and, and play the gig. Wow. So when things like that happen, you're just like, how much promo can you do? How much money can you throw at stuff? I think it's almost going down, going sort of back to like almost a spontaneity type thing. It's like, oh, hey, uh, in two weeks, we're going to play a gig. Hey, you know, everyone come. Uh, rather than, you know, a full sort of two, three months of promotion and being on the radio and do this and to get everyone, woo, 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 and then you get COVID and you can't yeah. play the gig. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to change the music scene in general, um, but it, it's really had a big impact on us, you know, um, just the amount of gigs we're playing. Is, <laughs> I mean, one every 18 months. It's not it's not fantastic. Um so, yeah, we haven't been keen to go in and, you know, gung-ho and celebrating 10th anniversaries and all that kind of stuff because even launching the album, I mean, we did have the album ready, you know, if, if, you know, probably six months before we released it, but we are still in the depths of COVID then. And it's like literally what would you do? I, you launch the album, but you can't play a gig, you can't tour, you can't, what do you do? It's tough. Uh, so, you know, I think it's put, a, yeah, it's put the kibosh on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, for, for bands um but you know look uh, it, it's it's only looking better and better these days and we're hoping that next year it's going to be much freer and easier to get out and do some stuff and uh yeah hoping to jump on some some festivals and some lineups and stuff next year uh and you know, even later this year we've got a with a video coming out we've got uh we'll, the vinyl will be arriving we'll have cds t-shirts even all that kind yeah. of stuff uh, so, yeah, I, there's got to be some kind of, you know, avenue where we can get these out to people and play a gig and do some stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's nothing locked down at this point in time. Mm. We'd love to see you up here, you know. Oh, man, we'd love to get up there. I mean, the last time we went up there was uh, Sludge on the Seas. Oh, uh, we wow. With, yeah. We played with Pissed and Fist, who I noticed has uh, got an interview up there with those yeah. guys. Yeah, Jeff, bro. Pissed yeah. Best dude. So Check yeah, yeah, out. we played. We played with um, them and goddamn, who was the headlining band? I can't remember. Uh, it was on, we played on a boat. Yeah, 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 crew. yeah. Was it Evil Eye? Evil Eye, yes, yeah, yeah. they were awesome. Uh, and, uh, Black yeah, Swan. man, what a night! That is insane. Like every time we go up to Brisbane, yeah. it's absolutely killer. I mean, people go off up there. It's it's amazing, you know. Uh, it's such a joy to play to, to crowds up, up in Brisbane and the Gold Coast. It's uh, just maniacs. Have to play Moe's. <laughs> Have you played Moe's on the Gold Coast? Nah. Moe's no, Death no, no. Clubhouse? We've... Man, you got to do that. No. I think the, the times before that we played with, uh, we are playing Rise of the Rift. We were playing uh, with Hobo Magic in Fortitude Valley. I can't remember the name of the venue. Uh, and then before that was Beetle Bar, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, I just I love the people. I think they changed name, but that was yeah, they changed name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, man, that was a great venue. Yeah, that was a super that. cool venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mo's on the Gold Coast, man. Next time you're up, you're gonna have to shout out to Christian from Mo's and Beats Cartel, raddest dude. You gotta. Man. Oh, right, yeah, dude. You, yeah, you I know, gotta love it. You got the big screen mm. and 
it's such a sick venue. We're pretty lucky to have that down here. But uh, no, nah, we wanted to get up there, man. Yeah, yeah, we can't wait, man. We can't wait. But uh, of course, I mean, what what else is uh coming up? You got the video clip. You know, you twenty twenty three is looking bit. What about international? You you something you guys want to jump over the pond? Well, we would love to, uh, but I think that all hinges on like um possibly some talks that we're having with um with some labels to yes. you know sort some stuff out because i don't think you can go overseas without like serious promo i mean we've in our early days we would just get in the van and go and we you know we'd travel to adelaide travel to brisbane we travel we went to sydney we went to canberra um you know a varied success because no one knows who you are they just roll up and <laughs> And it's hit and miss whether you travel, you know, eight hours in a van uh, with four or five people and you get out and play a gig and, uh, you know, there's no one there. I mean, we could have done that in our own backyard. <laughs> we didn't need to drive across the country to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I think it really hinges on on doing the promo first and making sure that people actually give a shit before you go there, you know. <laughs> so yeah. particularly for overseas because, you know, we can get a gauge on, oh, you know, what's happening in Brisbane? Who's up there? What's that, you know? But if it's like, you know, South America or uh, Europe or something like that, we don't have a clue. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, that's definitely. You know, mugged or anything. (laughs) It's not necessarily the the thing you want to do in a band, you know, fly (laughs) in in an alley. How was the tour? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like, where's the stage? It's just just down that alley, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take all your expensive gear down there. (laughs) Oh, I have I don't know. Is that a sore thing? I don't know. But, it probably is. In Europe. If it's, not, if it's not, it should be. <laughs> yeah, it should be, yeah. Now, you, uh, now we're going to go to Europe and everyone's going to be like, you know. <laughs> like, like, I saw that interview and you're like, no, man. No, man. Yeah, yeah. Like like they're all spitting on Johnny Rotten. It's like, that's what you want, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, leave the flick knives. At but, um, umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> It's been awesome hanging out with you on the show tonight, man. Uh, we will have all the links down here where you can get Blood Moon Blues, uh, which is uh, such a killer fucking album, man. I, I can't stop raving about Sid Dicey. Said it over, I was like, yeah, it's pretty sick. And uh, I'll have to get a vinyl when it when it comes comes down down here for sure. But uh, mm. man, thank you very much for hanging out on a Monday night, rainy Monday night. Cheers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Black mug. But I just got, yeah, this one. I wish it was beer. But, dude, hey, we'll have to do this again sometime, huh? Sure thing. Sure thing. Thanks so much for having me on. And it's been great. Great chatting with you.